We know you have been waiting for it, so here it is. Sven Marlowe, small-town detective in the case of Setna Mai or Die. The older you get, the more important the memories of your past become. Or at least that's what my granddad used to say. After all the mistakes I've made and bridges I've burned, it seems I spend most of my time hiding from the past and trying to make a couple of bucks for the future. I feel pretty good about that arrangement. No surprises, no disappointments. Just me and the neglected coffee cups, dusty and alone. I had just decided to clean up those coffee cups while going over the stack of bills piled on my desk when a noxious cloud of fumes began to fill my office. My eyes burned as I wondered what had happened. A chemical spill? A, a terrorist attack? Then I remembered my landlady Elise mentioning the annual Knights of Oslo Ludifisk dinner getting held downstairs at her restaurant, the Lefse Emporium. I did the one thing any sane person in this town would do open the window and open it fast. My front window opened onto Main Street of Old Norse Town. From my vantage point, I could see something big going down. Squad cars, fire trucks, even an ambulance, all streaming in from every direction. I watched as the deputies began to tape the whole block off, then headed down to see if I could learn what had happened. On the street, I saw cops everywhere. One tried to stop me, but I flashed my PI license and he let me through. I spotted one familiar face among the throngs of officials and ducked under the police tape. Get back, people! I say get back! Benson, hey, hey, Under Sheriff Benson, what's going on? Marlowe! What part of do not cross, don't you understand? Yeah, don't get all bent out of shape, Benson. I just want to help. Uh, beat it, Marlowe. We don't need any interference from you, understand? Look, Undersheriff, I just want to know what's going on. The answer is no. And since you ain't leaving peacefully, let me give you a hand. Oh, oh hey, easy, Benson. I'm going, I'm going. Look, <laughs> what, what say you go ahead and let go of me now? So help me, Marlowe, if I see you within 100 yards of any of my deputies. I'm gonna have you in handcuffs, and believe me, Sven, I would love nothing more than to find some hole to throw you in for a year or two. Now get out of my face! With that, the little bowling ball with legs sent me flying like a ten pin, clear into the middle of the street. I stood and dusted myself off, realizing my ego had taken the blunt of the blow. Standing next to his yellow checkered cab, I found one onlooker particularly pleased to have witnessed Benson tossing me on my backside. Abdu-Dula, my Middle Eastern friend, the owner and operator of Norseland's one and only cab service, Viking Taxi Company. <laughs> what is the matter, Marlo? <laughs> Look yeah. how, how far the mighty Marlowe has fallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real funny, I do. <laughs> Having trouble with Undersheriff Benson again. You two do not get along very well. Yeah, well, well, maybe it's something I said. Hey, Abdu, <laughs> what in the world is going on here? Have you not heard, Marlowe? There has been 
uh, how do you say a child sleeping? A child sleeping? That is right, Marlow. About 20 minutes ago, two armed men with masks marched in and stole the princess of the Setendamai in broad daylight, right after the committee crowned her. Oh, you mean a kidnapping. A kidnapping? Here in Norseland? Abdu, that's terrible. <laughs> You're telling me about it, Marlow. <laughs> the police have all roads in and out of town shut down. Nobody in, nobody out. All roads, huh? The, that's, that is right. Now tell me, Marlow, how, how am I to make my fares? How am I to make money? T tell me, Marlow. Uh, I have family to feed, you know. What shall I tell my wife when I come home with my uh, pockets empty? What will I feed my children? Tell me, Marlo. Look, I, I don't know, Abdu. Well, why don't you take him over to the Lutefisk dinner? Elise knows you're good for it. Lutefisk? Are you insane, Marlo? Yeah, well, now that you mention it, I have been accused of that before. Hey, let me use your phone a minute, Abdu. Forget to pay your bill again, Marlo. No, no, I just left it up in my office. Now, come on, Abdu, just for a minute. Oh, sure. Fine. Give me two dollars. Two dollars? Are you serious? Two dollars. Take it or leave it. Two bucks? You really are something, Abdu. Here. Buy your kids some mac and cheese. Thank you very much. Now make it quick. You're not on my friends and family plan, Marlowe. Yeah, whatever, Abdu. Come on, Gerda, answer the phone. If anyone knows what's happening, it will be you. Hello? Gerda, it's Sven. Sven, have you heard? Isn't it horrible? Yeah, yeah, it is. A, a little unbelievable. Now, what can you tell me? Not too much at this point. I'm on my way to the courthouse now. Any idea who was involved? Do you know who the girl is? Has anyone even heard from the kidnappers? I don't know, Sven. All I can tell you is that the sheriff called everyone in to set up a command center at the courthouse. Even the FBI is on their way from Chicago. Sven, I'm coming up to a police roadblock. I've got to go. I'll call you back when I know more. I gave the phone back to Abdu and headed to my office for some coffee and to wait for Gerda's call. Elise had the back door open, probably to air the place out, and she stopped me as I went up the stairs, inviting me into the Lefsa Emporium. It seems the Knights of Oslo had gone home early once they heard the news, and as fate would have it, plenty of lutefisk remained. Elise insisted that I have some with my coffee, and I reluctantly agreed. So, Elise, have you seen any unusual characters around here in the past couple of days? Oof, the, oh Sven, this is Norseland. All the characters around here seem a little strange to me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you got me there. Besides the locals, though, did anyone stand out in any way? Do you, do you recall anybody acting a little out of place? Out of place? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, well, uh, there were those two fellows in here a couple of mornings ago. A couple of mornings ago? Well, what about them, Elise? Did they appear a little odd? Uh, well, no, not at first. They ordered coffee and some of my lingonberry pie. Would you care for some, Sven? Oh, no, thanks, Elise. I'm, I'm stuffed. Anyway, I'd rather hear about the two men. Well, they were young, I'd say 25, tall, blonde hair, both had blue eyes, real handsome. 
Uh, they reminded me of my late husband, John, when he was young. Did you ever meet John, Sven? You would have liked him. Well, I'm sure I would have, Elise. But what, what, is it, what was it about these men that you say seemed strange? Well, Sven, I, I noticed both men spoke with a heavy Scandinavian accent. I asked them if they were from Norway, but they said no. They were in town from Sheboygan. Sheboygan? Oh, that's right, Sheboygan. I took them at their word, too, until they got that, that phone call. After the call, they got very angry and began to argue among themselves in Swedish. I don't think they knew I could understand them because they were cursing just horribly. You speak Swedish? I, I thought you were Norwegian. Oh, yeah, on my father's side, but my mother's parents were from Sweden. Why, I can speak Swedish almost as well as Norwegian. Well, that's great, Elise. So what were they arguing about? Well, after the phone call, the, the taller man was upset because the courier had been detained. He said they should abandon the mission. The other man shouted, remember our cause, and insisted that they could move the product themselves after the heat died down. The product? Yeah, they must be farming or something, because I remember them saying, oh, uh, let me see now. Oh, I remember. They said they would go back and plant uh, sugar. Then they did something very odd. Odd? Go on, Elise. Well, they both stood up, crossing their arms and chanted, one people, one nation, one destiny, and then they left. Bingo. I thanked Elise, gave her a big hug, grabbed a slice of lingonberry pie, and raced upstairs to call Jack, an old army buddy of mine who now works for Homeland Security. I fed him the data I had on the Swedish men, and he promised to give me a call back after he ran it through the central computer. I stood at the window, overlooking the mass of cops below, wondering why anyone would kidnap Norseland's Sitnamai princess, and when my office would no longer smell like rotten fish. I assumed Jack had found his information when I heard the phone ring a few minutes later. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Hi, Sven. Listen, I've, I've only got a few seconds. This place is a madhouse. People everywhere. State patrol, FBI, tactical units, even cable news crews. Cable news, huh? D do you know anything more about the kidnapping? We know the name of the victim. Kirsten Jablowski. Jablowski? The sitting in my princess's name is Jablowski? I I've never heard of them. Well, you know her mother, Ingrid Skarsgård. Ingrid Skarsgård? You mean Marie's little sister? Yep. She and her family moved back from Janesville last fall. They bought the old Ruderud place. Well, I'll be little Ingrid. One more thing I thought you should know. Marie is back. Sven? Did you hear me, Sven? What? what? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah, I, I heard you. She was just in town for the pageant, but now she's staying until they find Kirsten. You're going to be okay, aren't you, Sven? Me? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, why wouldn't I be? Come on, Sven. People in Norseland still recite the legends of Sven and Marie, as if the two of you were characters in some old Norse saga. Yeah, well, that was a long time ago, Gerda. Sure, Sven. Whatever you say. Hey, I've got a lead over here! Get over here, let's get to work, people! Look, Sven, I gotta go. I'll give you a call if I find out anything more. Marie Skarsgård. I hadn't thought about her for years. 
Gerda was right about one thing, though. We did make quite a pair back in the day. I was captain of the football team, and she was head cheerleader. I was class president, and she was valedictorian. I had the fastest car in the county, and Marie had, well, let's put it this way. She was tall and lean, with features that looked like they had been sculpted by Michelangelo himself. She had golden hazel eyes and the kind of auburn hair that morphed between chocolate brown and brilliant orange, depending on how the light reflected off of it. So-called supermodels like Cindy Crawford and Kathy Ireland paled in comparison to Marie. She was that beautiful. But Marie was hell-bent for college, and I thought a couple years in the army would do me some good. When two years turned into four, and then eight, well, we just drifted apart. You know, the fact is I haven't even seen Marie in over 20 years. I've tried to keep any memories of her securely locked away behind the bolted doors of my mind. Yeah, come on in. Doors open. Sven? Sven? It's me, Marie. I, I, Sven, uh, are you okay, Sven? Um, yeah, sure, Marie. Uh, so, uh, sorry, uh, can I get you anything? A cup of coffee? Something stronger? Oh, Sven, hold me! Oh, oh Marie, I, I was shocked to hear about Kirsten. I'm scared, Sven. I feel so helpless. Yeah, look at me, Marie. Half the county is looking for her right now. We will find her. But what if something happens to Kirsten? What if they can't find her? What if they do find her and the police overreact? My sister will be crushed if something happens to Kirsten. Marie, I'm here, and I'm on the case. I have a personal interest in this case, and I promise I will do whatever I need to to get Kirsten home safely. Uh, hey, sit down here while I take this call. I'm expecting some information about the case. If you say so. Sven. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Sven, it's Jack. I ran into the, that info you gave me through the computer, and I found something very interesting. Oh, hey, hey, hold on, Jack. I'm going to put this on speakerphone so my guests can listen in. Okay, what do you got? Those two fellas your lady friend ran into, the ones talking about the courier and marching around funny and stuff, they might be some kind of Scandinavian separatist group known as Thor's Hammer. Thor's Hammer? Yep. Get this. They use the slogan, One people, one nation, one destiny. And you did tell me that those guys were speaking Swedish, right? Sure did, Jack. So what does this Thor's Hammer group want? Well, according to my sources, Thor's Hammer seeks to reunite Sweden, Norway, and Denmark under a single monarchy leave the European Union, and expel all foreigners from Scandinavia. But why kidnap someone here in Norseland? Sven, you is dealing with terrorists. They want to bring attention to their cause. What better place to do that than one of the most Scandinavian towns in all of America? Yeah, true. I, I did hear that there's all kinds of news crews out here. One last thing, Sven. A suspected member of Thor's Hammer was arrested outside of Sheboygan a couple days ago. 
I'm thinking this is the courier those two jokers was talking about. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jack. I owe you. Now you take care of yourself, Spin. Now remember, these guys is fanatics. No telling what they might do or who they might hurt. What do we do now, Sven? I'm not sure, Marie. Something still bothers me. Something Elise told me. What's that? Well, she thought the two guys were farmers. They mentioned that they were going to go plant sugar. Well, that doesn't make any sense, Sven. Plant sugar. Yeah, yeah, that's what bothers me. I think Elise may have misunderstood them. Ah, now let's see. Plant sugar. Plant sugar. Sugar plant. The, the old, old sorghum, sorghum mill. mill. Come on, Marie. I've got an idea, but, but we're going to have to move fast. Every good plan needs a good crew to pull it off. But I agreed with Marie. The last thing I wanted to do was tip off the police and have them storm in with their tactical units and incendiary tear gas cannons. I wanted to handle this a little more directly. And to do this right, we would need a little help. Okay, now Marie, now let me do the talking. This is a, a delicate situation. You know best, Sven. Hey, Abdu! Turn that off a minute! Sacred cows, Marlowe! You scared the couscous out of me. What's this meaning of this? I'm listening to my favorite radio program, the Hindu Kush Hour on WDRP. Yeah, it's important, Abdu. I need a favor. Ah, ah. Are you on the crack, Marlowe? Do you remember the last time I did you a favor? I spent two days in old man Thorson's smokehouse, surrounded by two dozen fully cured hams. Uh, look, Abdu, how many times do you want me to apologize? Marlowe, I'm a Muslim, remember? Yeah, I can see where that would be a little uncomfortable, but Abdu, I made it up to you. Oh, sure, Marlowe, by, by giving me two tickets to Ryan Braun bobblehead day at... The Brewer baseball game? Hey, those were mezzanine seats. Ah, come on, Abdu. Just this one small no, favor. No, no, no. Ah. For a thousand lifetimes, Marla, the answer will be no. Come on, Sven. We can find someone else to help. Holy visions of Vishnu. Marla, who is this goddess descended from the heavens? Marie, meet Abdu. Sven. You told me your friend was strong and brave, but you never mentioned he was so handsome. Please, fair lady, I, I am not worthy to even cast my eyes on your loveliness. Say, Abdu, do you think I might ask you for one very small favor? You, you need only form the words with your lips. Your wish is my command. I am forever your humble servant. Wonderful, Abdu. Here's what we'd like you to do. Poor Abdu. He never stood a chance. But then I never knew a man who could say no to Marie once she turned on the charm. After we filled, it, filled Abdu in on the details of the plan, Marie and I took up positions in an old tobacco shed about 100 yards away from the old sorghum mill on the edge of town. The sun had just set, and a storm was blowing in, darkening the sky even more. From our vantage point, we could see a dim light deep in the old mill. 
I had a hunch that the kidnappers would try to make their move tonight, and we were ready for them. As I shut off the engine, an awkward silence fell over the two of us like a ton of bricks. So, Sven, so Marie, uh, it's hey, been a long... Uh, you know, Sven, I, I see you're you not never... wearing a wedding. Uh, hey, why, why, don't, why don't you go first? Well, right. I can't believe you still got the GTO. She looks beautiful. Thanks, Marie. The judge and I are both starting to show our age. But you, Marie, you, you don't look like you've aged a day. You look amazing. Sven, you're just saying that because it's pitch dark in this old shed. Do you remember the night we parked out in the old stone quarry? I got so sick that night. I remember, you threw up all over my letterman's jacket. <laughs> That's right. I'm sorry about that, T.J. Swans, as I recall. Mellow days, wasn't it? No, easy nights. You always got that wrong. Yeah, right, right. T.J. Swans, easy nights. <laughs> Sven, remember the night we threw that keg party after you and the judge smoked that kid in the Mustang? <laughs> that kid was so mad when he had to hand over the title and keys to you. What was his name? Larson, Hanson? Benson, now known as Undersheriff Benson. And believe me, he's never let me forget it. You know, we really had some great times together, didn't we, Sven? Yeah, Marie. We sure did. Sven, why didn't you ever... I mean, how come you never tried... Marie, look! I can see someone moving around in the old mill. I saw it! Now the light went out! Look, the big door is opening, and an SUV is coming out. Yeah, that's got to be them. Here we go, Marie. Look, there's Abdu. He's blocked the intersection. The SUV can't get around. They're stopping. Yeah, we'll just pull right up behind them. Marie, stay in the car. Look out, Sven. They're turning around. Follow them, Sven, quick! Yeah, yeah, I, I'm on it. They're heading out of town on the county road. Okay, hold on, Marie. Hurry, Sven, they're getting away. There isn't anyone that can get away from the judge. You're gaining on them, Sven. Punch it! They're headed toward Gerda's place. Hang on tight. Slow down, Sven. Here comes Dead Man's Corner. Uh, they're going too fast. They're, they're never going to make it. Oh! Sven, they've crashed into that stack of round bales. Kirsten! Kirsten! No, Marie, wait. Get back! Do you hear me? Get back or I'll shoot! Sven, he's got a gun! Yeah, do as he says, Marie. Knut, are you okay? Knut! Yeah, yeah, I'm okay! Good! Grab the girl and put her in this man's car. Okay! Come here, little girl! Quit your struggling! 
I got her, Janssen! Kirsten! Look, stay calm, Marie. Don't hurt that girl! Well, what about them? I'm afraid they know too much. Tonight, this brave couple will have the honor of feasting with their ancestors in Valhalla. Ah, she kicked me! Don't let her get away! Get her! Leave her alone! hi -ya! Oh! Get off, you woman, or I'll shoot! Shoot this, you Nordic freak! Stop! Stop! I, I give up! I give up! I'll stop when I'm ready, Canute! Meet my knee. Oh! Marie, when did you learn to fight like that? There's a lot you don't know about me, Sven. No time to talk now. I've got to get to Kirsten. Kirsten, it's okay. It's Anne Marie. Hey, look. Here comes a car. Yeah, it, it looks like Gerda. Okay? Oh, it sure is, Gerda. Here, help me cuff these guys. How'd you get here so fast? I heard you coming over the ridge. Saw the whole thing from the house. I already called in the cavalry. Yeah, that ought to hold them. You really did a number on these guys. Well, it, it wasn't just me. Marie? Uh, here we go. Marlowe! I should have known you'd be part of this royal screw-up. Don't go anywhere. All right, men. Looks like we have two unconscious perps. Grab them and start setting up our perimeter. Move it. Now. Sven, I'm taking Kirsten to the ambulance. Come on, Kirsten. Let's get you a dry blanket. I'll go with you, girls. You gonna be okay, Sven? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Look, I'll be right there. Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Marlowe? Are, are you all right, Marlowe? Uh, sure, Abdu. Yeah, I'm okay. And the Princess Marie? Yeah, she's fine too. Yeah, we're, we're all okay. Even Kirsten. Everything is just fine. Good, Marlowe. Because that fat car of yours threw gravel all over the side of my cab. You even pitted the windows, Marlowe. Tell me, who's going to pay for this, Marlowe? Who's going to cover the costs for repairs, hmm? Tell me, Marlo. Uh, uh, you know, I I'll have to get back to you about that, Abdu. Sven, can I talk to you for a minute? You okay, kiddo? Sure, Sven. Listen, I'm going to ride back with Kirsten in the ambulance. Her parents are going to meet us at the hospital. Yeah, that's a great idea, Marie. I'll get a hold of you as soon as things quiet down a bit. And Sven, well... Marie's kiss hit me like a bolt of lightning. Sending a current all the way through me, leaving me paralyzed from the lips down. My, my head started swimming, my bells ringing in my ears. I, I felt my knees buckling. Hey, Marlo! Marlo! Get over here, Marlo! Do you hear me? Marlowe! Marlowe! I don't know how long I just stood there, but I do know that I spent the better part of the next two days down at the station explaining to un Under Sheriff Benson why we did an end run around his department. On top of that, 
Marie still hadn't called me, and frankly, it was driving me a little nuts. To try and take my mind off things, I decided to tune into my favorite radio program, The Newgrass Show with Rusty James. What, what's this? Oh, oh, it's some kind of conspiracy. This, this, this was me and Marie's song. Come on in. Doors open. Hi, Sven. I can't stay. I'm on my way to the airport to catch a flight back home. What? You, you mean right now? Yes. That nice man, Adu, has offered to give me a ride. Yoo-hoo! Princess Marie, your magic carpet awaits you. Abdu? No, wait, Marie. I'll take you. No, Sven. It's better this way. But Marie... Sven! Thank you. Once again, her kiss Im immobilized me. I stood there as she ran down the steps, her long hair mirroring the crimson of the late afternoon sky. I wanted to run after her. I wanted to make her stay. I wanted to wring Abdul's little neck. Instead, I, I just stood there, frozen, like some love-struck teenager as she rode off into the sunset. Uh, Sven Marlowe, small town detective. Hi, Sven. It's Gerda. You okay, hon? Have you heard from Marie yet? Yeah, yeah, as a matter of fact, she just left, headed back home, wherever that is. Oh, I'm sorry, Sven. Would you like a little company? No, thanks, Gerda. I think I'll just... Hey, Gerda, do you, do you want to take a drive? May, maybe listen to some tunes and watch the sun go down? Sure, Sven. You'll pick me up in the judge. You bet, kid. I'll be there in a few minutes. Hey, Gerda, do you like... T.J. Swans? Who? Never mind. I'll see you in a few. I fired up the judge, ready to head out to Gerda's, catching the last minutes of Rusty's show. Sometimes you just don't know where life will take you. One door opens when another door closes, they say, but I've never understood what happens when your whole house falls down. I guess you pick yourself up. Dust yourself off and look for people you can trust. A good friend that never lets you down. Then, after you've got it all figured out, something happens, making you question everything you think you know. All right, that was Blue Sky by the Allman Brothers kicking off this set, which goes out, by the way, to a special request from Marie to Sven. That's right, folks, the legend continues. Hometown heroes, saviors of this year's Sitnamai, reunited after 20 years. And man... Did the sparks ever fly? If you happen to be listening, Sven, from the sound of her voice, that girl might still be sweet on you. Here's hoping that blue skies keep shining on the two of you for years to come. Blue skies, baby! Nothing but blue skies! Yeah! You've been listening to the adventures of Sven Marlowe, small-town detective in the case of Setna Mai or Die. Today's show was produced in the studio of WDRT Viroqua, 91.9 FM, 
Viroqua, Wisconsin. The cast today included Steve Lorden as Sven Marlowe, Michelle Pedretti as Gerda Henshorn, Jane Kuba as Marie Skarsgård, Kat Tigerman as Elise, the landlady, Carl Schlecht as Abdu Duba under Sheriff Benson and Janssen, and Josh Peters as Jack and Canute, with live sound effects by Josh Peters, and Rusty James as himself, and as our audio engineer. Some of the recorded sound effects were used under a Creative Commons 3.0 license from soundbible.com and freesound.org. Music used in this production was by Kevin McLeod of Incomputech.com and the Allman Brothers. The case is set in a my or die was written by Leif Erikson and Josh Peters. Stay tuned for the next adventure of Smen Marlowe, small town detective.